scallywags, scoundrels, rogues, and rebels, Asylum Studios is pleased to present a show that will bend your mind, scramble your morals, and ruin your good taste. This is not a show to take home to your mother and definitely not one for the children. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chaos and Disorder. What's going on in this studio is nothing to take home to the children. Welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. I am your host with the most, the talent, Rick Flieger. Joined, as always, by the doddering dunderhead, the liver-spotted Lolita, America's cautionary tale, creepy Uncle Rick Briggs. And over there on the ones and twos with some new duties, Rick. And yes, I said duties. Go uh-huh. ahead and giggle away. The only thing he's actually ever produced is hipster beard dander, the dean of drunken dip shittery, Mr. Alejandro Finkelstein. <laughs> wonder if that comes through with the new but oh, it sure is a long ring on yeah that, wasn't I, it? I like that one so of course you can catch all of rick rick briggs hot elon must takes over on twitter at chaos and disorder you can see finkelstein's timeline and the latest pooey the latest furry convention on facebook at chaos and disorder pod and as always you can email the show at our exclusive and only mailbox i don't think that's going to fit at hotmail.com Yay. And if that one's full, but I'm done. <laughs> we only have one, Rick. Asylumfootball at gmail.com or chaos and disorder pod at gmail.com. And, you know, if you didn't try to be so witty. Oh, I'm witty. I don't have to try. Your tongue wouldn't end up in in a sheep shank knot every time you try to talk. Yeah, maybe I ought to back off of the alliteration. Maybe that's my problem. I think that's the problem. I struggle with alliteration because this is comedy gold, but maybe I could do it without alliteration. I mean, you never have any problem with just the jocularity of... General bloviation. Yes, exactly. But when you try alliteration, you're done. Yeah, yeah, that's where I get myself in trouble, but... But I like it. We got in the hipster beard hair, beard dander. I called you old a couple of times. I made a thinly veiled sexual reference in the in the email. I mean, I checked all the boxes. Yeah. That's, that's what's in our contract. True. I mean, you have to be rude. Right. Which yeah. is good. I don't think it's rude. I think these are facts. <laughs> just, just the facts, ma'am. And I got all the way to the Facebook before I botched it. And usually it's about nude pictures of me on the Facebook. So I kind of took a swerve there and I threw myself off. So so we'll get back on track next yeah, week. Yeah, just, well, just, you just have to um, sit down and eliminate a lot of the alliteration and just go. Eliminate the alliteration? Yes. Is that alliteration? It's close. No, it's eliminate. Mm-hmm. And illiteration. But I say eliminate because I'm yeah. I'm kind of a yokel. You know what I mean? So eliminate. The way, the way I say yes. it. So so lots of excitement here. Something, I don't know, do we have any old asylumites who still listen? We are back, back on the blog talk, blog talk channel. That's not even alliteration, and I can't speak it and <laughs> spit it out. So it's so a yeah, lot of excitement, a lot of stress for is so we'll have a call-in number. We'll start advertising that. You yep. can call in and be, be part of the chaos and or disorder. But I like the fact that there is promotion options on here for Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Of course. Tumblr. Tumblr. Everywhere. Well, what is the Tumblr? <laughs> that, that was the original Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't a Tumblr the little things inside a lock? 
Yes. Safe, you know, they hear the tumblers. It's also safe crackers. A fantastic glass for scotch. Yes. It's always indeed. always back to booze for the I've two got of some you. of those. Yeah. <laughs> but so so what is let's test him here. So so Finkelstein, what is the call in number if anybody wants to join the show? Oh, the call in number is one 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 oh no. The guest call in number is two one five three eight three three eight four zero. And we'll start tweeting that out before the shows. Today was a test and it went about as well because yes, so just so you know, we're we're gonna do show business on the show. You can directly from that studio then send out links to, to Twitter and the Facebooks right. and, and the Tumblr, apparently. I guess we're going to have to do the Tumblr now. And I don't then, even know if that exists. Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then people can call in, and so, so you'll just go in there and hit that. But, but we So what you're to... saying is that's not up-to-date information? I, I beg to differ. <laughs> I and, think and quite need... frankly, I think that Gertrude is going to call you probably during the show. And tell you that you are misbehaving. Did we ever see Gertie? I think she's hot. I don't know. I've never seen her. Well, uh, she's had the same voice for yeah, the last I mean, 10, it, it hasn't years. it hasn't aged. I'll give her that. <laughs> you know, one weird thing is so this, she doesn't smoke. No, there's it sound like this by now. <laughs> yeah, Marge Simpson's sister. <laughs> <laughs> ah! The the squiggles are very girthy this week. Yes. Yeah, I wonder if it's the the going back. I wonder if that recording will end up being no. Yeah, who cares. Who cares? It'll be wonderful. But but as only we wanted to slow roll this, all right, and so for good reason. So so about 35, 40 minutes prior to the show. Forty two minutes, I think exactly. Finkelstein says, Oh, the, the computer the computer that he uses to run the soundboard. So if you notice there's no no true sound effects, it needs an update. And I said, Well, you know, them things, you know, it's a Mac, it's not as bad as a Windows, but they tend to take some time. You know, I just did it on my Mac and it took it took a long time. He said, Don't worry, he says. Tells me right here. Take twenty four minutes. I've got way more than twenty four minutes. Oh, and I already told it to go ahead and start uh, updating. Well that's we are now what, forty minutes into it ish, and looks like he's approximately halfway through. Yeah. yeah. So so for his first live show, let's go ahead and knock out fifty percent of the equipment right yeah, away. That that, that makes good. it easier. I mean, come on, it's more like three quarters. <clears throat> that and, is this that's a sign of a confident, experienced producer. <laughs> right, right. And the <laughs> other one is if you've ever seen two, one of two things, a confident producer work, competent or confident, or a monkey try to impregnate a football, this is the same thing you would have seen watching this producer of ours trying to dial into a Skype line. So we, we kind of went through that. We only got disconnected, what, three or four times? Right. It was three. So, so, so not bad. Not bad work. And he started trying at least 90 seconds before we were supposed to go on the air. <laughs> right. So left himself plenty of time, yeah. has all the tools he needs to do his job. I think, I think th- this thing's going to be a success. There's just no way this can fail. Yay. <laughs> Pass with flying colors. Yeah. yeah, we don't even have the yay anymore. I mean, it's just it's terrible. I mean, we, we, we can, could just sit here and wait. We could. It's <laughs> only got uh, eight more minutes. But Is that what it's telling you? Okay, oh, so. Seven, seven. Oh, we're down to seven. Ooh. Well, yeah, but it was 24 before, and that was 40-some <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that seven probably translates into another 24. Possibly. Yeah. P- so possibly. I don't think we can wait. I'll tell you what, I feel like as not being an NBA fan and not being a big mark for the draft, there's a whole lot of nothing going on right now. You would be probably <clears throat> stunned 
at what I'm going to tell you. Oh, you're going to stun me. Let let me brace myself. <laughs> but I've actually been paying attention to some NBA. You have. I, as kind of like a gag. Okay. You know that I am just a real NBA nut. You know when it gets right down. That is what we know you. As. You yeah. are the resident NBA expert. Anyway, my son walks into the kitchen. This is before the playoffs started. Who do you like to take the NBA championship? And so when you were done yelling and cursing at no. him, what did you say? I <laughs> no. mean, that's just most interactions I've seen between you and your son. So <laughs> I'm just assuming. We get along perfectly. <laughs> and I just said Celtics. I, you're looking good on that one. I'll give you that. Well, so I just, I, you know, just because, you know, I started watching. Oh, so now you're in. Celtics you Nets. show up that whippersnapper. And it was you know, it was it was that whole series was the Nets aren't going to win because it's not it's hard to explain. It's not the Boston pedigree. You know, it's not the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was just like when plays had to be made, Boston made them. When shots had to be made, the Nets missed them. You know, and it was just a defensive turn stop. And Will I really get full-blown into it? No, hell no. No. Usually the finals. Maybe the conference finals, if if it's got the right matchup. I'll start paying attention. I don't get into it, into it. But I'll pay attention to the finals. That that Boston team's interesting. I I, I heard something from Bob Ryan. Who's he with? The Boston Globe. I heard him on Tony Kornheiser's podcast yesterday. And at first I wanted to dismiss this. This is madness. This is insanity. But who knows? the Boston Celtics better right, than true. Bob Ryan. And he says this team, as they're constructed, and they, they bought into the coach's system, and they, they do something most NBA teams and, frankly, most Division One college teams now outright refuse to do is play defense and play stifling defense. He said this Celtics team wouldn't beat them in a series – would go deep in a series and give good games to all the great Celtics teams of the past, going back to the Russell team right. and then the Bird McHale teams and, and Parrish and the, the Kevin Garnett, the more recent one. So this team is on par with that in his right. mind. And he's not – I hear him a lot. You see him on all the shows. He's not one for hyperbole, for hot takes, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he says that – you know, I had again. I don't watch an NBA to have a great sense of the Celtics. I certainly didn't have that sense of them. If that's true, this team's going to win the championship because there's nobody in the West with Devin Booker being hurt. You know, I, there's no guarantee Phoenix gets out of this first round unless Chris Paul keeps kicking defenders in the nards like he did last <laughs> night. I did see that on Twitter, so that that might help. But they're going to have a hard time getting past New Orleans. Philadelphia maybe, but Embiid, you know, I say I don't pay attention. And now (laughs) I know what I see on the tweeters, right? You know, Embiid's hurt. So, I don't know, Celtics might be a favorite to win this thing now. You you might be right. I'm thinking, you know, Boston, who's the biggest challenger to them in the East? Milwaukee? Uh, Probably Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia before Embiid was dealing with those injuries. Right, that's true. Yeah, but But Embiid seems to – forever be injured i mean he's the best player in the nba this season so probably you know milwaukee with with uh with Giannis is 
always a challenge. I mean, in the West, I just don't see anybody out there. Well, no, I don't either. That's the thing. Yeah, that was kind of like the question, who's their biggest challenge, and we're not even looking in yeah. the West. That's- yeah, Golden State, I guess, can beat anybody any given night because they can go out and put up 140 and just outshoot teams. But they feel flawed to me. They, they do. And they've won a lot of titles with – I never liked just jump shooting teams, you know. But I don't either because it takes – you know, you have to be hot. Yeah. And if you're not getting, you know, rebounds, you're, you're I mean, yeah. you go cold, you're done. So Now, now in a seven-game series, that you can get away with that. That's why they, they've won, what, three titles? Is that is that what they've won in the Curry era, I believe? Yeah, so, but this isn't the same Warriors no, team. No, it, it doesn't it, feel like it. It doesn't. You know, Curry is still the, still the greatest shooter in the league probably, but he – he has an air of humanity to him now <laughs> that, that versus what he had in those stretches. He had some struggles this year. So, you know, I just – I don't see anybody in the – with Devin Booker, I think Phoenix, you know, would be that True. challenge. And that Phoenix-Boston could be really interesting. I just you – know, if Booker comes back in two weeks but a hamstring, you, you just don't know. He could feel better tomorrow and be out another month. He could come back for a half – you know, a minute and a half and tweak right. that thing again. So – it would be interesting to see the Suns make it. It would be their fourth finals. They're 0-3 right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they were going to win that blicky last year, and then right. Giannis just decided, nah, nah, we're not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and win me one now. Yeah, exactly. So but, uh, give me you know, your draft break. It's time for Rick Briggs' mock draft. You know, that's the thing. I was thinking a lot about the draft over the last couple of weeks, and, you know, neither one of us is going to sit here and pretend and say, well, Jacksonville should take – Thibodeau first, and you go, no, they should take Walker first, or whatever the case may be. Aiden Hutchison, damn it, you fool, you damned fool. But what's really interesting is, you know, we mentioned it briefly last week, you know, New York has, the Giants have like five and seven. I think Houston has like, what, three and 12, or three and 13. I think there's two in the top 15. Um, The Panthers have six, but they're, you know, they're throwing out stuff about trading down and so forth. I think there's going to be a lot of really intriguing moves in the first round. I mean, you know, Thursday is going to be much what or must watch TV when it gets down because I think there's going to be a lot of movement and a lot of interesting things happen before some of these picks. Here's where I. That's that's the the feeling of this thing, right? Here's where I'm got myself convinced this isn't going to happen. At some point, when the first fifteen teams are actively looking to trade down, that doesn't imply to me that then there are fifteen teams willing to trade up. That just tells me this isn't necessarily the draft class because usually you see the big moves for quarterbacks, right? Well, Once exactly you get into the, the late point. teens You're and twenties. Right. They'll start shuffling for other skill, you know, best player available types of thing. But at the top of this draft, the kind of capital you have to give up to get move into the top 10, the top 12, if it's not for what you assume is going to be a franchise quarterback, it's too high of a price to pay. Who are you going to pay this price for? Well, that, that's a good Look, point, I get too, it for the Giants. it is a very weak um, quarterback class. Uh, not saying some of these guys won't turn into good NFL quarterbacks, but it's certainly not class 83 coming no, in. No. And you're right, the, the trade ups, but there's teams, you know, like you said, with the Giants or Houston. Of course, Houston needs so many 
have so many needs. Yeah. They could get rid of one of them, still have a first rounder, maybe pick up a couple of yeah. a draft picks later on just to, you know, get some personnel in. They could probably find, you know, a buyer for that. Maybe the, the, the second first round pick, you know, like down around 13 right. or something where the price isn't so high. But I, I still think there's going to be, you know, and I heard something a couple of weeks ago, and, I, and the more I thought about it, the more sense it made, except for the fact of what you brought up, because the quarterback class is weak. Carolina, you know, somebody, I, I even forget who it was, thought, you know, the number six pick to San Francisco and throw in like a Robbie Anderson and maybe other picks for like a Garoppolo um, Debo package. Where, where San Francisco's talking, well, we want two number ones for Debo. Well, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, I would think. He's had one good year. Nobody's going to give up that kind of capital for uh, a guy with a, uh, with an injury history and has only had one good year. And after that year, he's disgruntled because of his role on that team. Well, I just don't think that, that they're going to get anything of what they're asking. Now they're saying they don't even want to trade him. Yeah, and why would they? That's insane. You've got him on a rookie deal. You've got control of him. You, you, you can be pissed off, but be pissed off, you know, putting up 120 all-purpose yards a game. You're welcome to be angry. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. And I think, John, I think John Lynch is that type of guy, right? He's, he's, he's been right. a player. He's not going to get bullied around. What the heck is that? Oh, that was me. Huh. Thank you, Rick, for my machine, interrupting our show. My machine generally doesn't speak at yeah. me. But, yeah. Oh, he got it up. Oh. Look at this. Yay. <laughs> oh, give yourself a yay. Go ahead. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at him producing 17 minutes in the show, and he is fully functional, baby. That a boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and our producer is Alejandro Finkelstein. Woo. Here's the problem with Debo. If he really wants to leave, he's undercutting his own ability to leave. Oh, yeah. if, if this is truly about not wanting to take all those, maybe it's about I want more money if I'm going to take all these handoffs and, and be a running between the tackles, or if it's I don't want to do this, this would be the only reason I would give up a first-round right. pick or a package of picks for him, well, right? That, that was a so I'm going to give up my future, bring you in, yeah. and then just let you run 80 yards downfield and chuck it to you like a game of mad. Now, what I don't know is does he not want to do this or does he want more money if he's going to do this? The second part I can understand better, but so now I'm going to give up this mass of picks and – give you you know Tyreek Hill money seems seems a little bit of a big ass right and it doesn't sound to me it, it, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes you know with conversations and so forth but it seems awful early to assume that he has sat down with management put forth the case that you just did right and they said nope we're not gonna do it you yeah. wouldn't think I mean it's possible I mean you know, don't you think that there'd be much more time consumed in a reasonable conversation like, you know, well, what type of role are you envisioning, blah, 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 instead yeah. of, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And Alejandro and I had a conversation earlier today. How does this – 
you know, it seems to be a new, like, trend of a hybrid contract. You know, Jimmy Graham. Wasn't it Jimmy Graham that wanted Jim, one of those? Because yeah, Le'Veon costs, Bell wanted one Le'Veon of those. Le'Veon Bell is the yeah. same way. How'd that work for you? Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't work. No, I mean, it doesn't work. Well, I think Jimmy Graham's still playing, but. Yeah, so what? <laughs> he doesn't have Drew Brees, so he's not a catch machine, is he? He went to Seattle. And Rick and I argue on the old Asylum show about that, that I thought his stock was just going to crash and burn, and it did. I don't remember it that of way. Of course you do. It sounds like revisionist history yes, to me. Uh-huh. It, it really does. By the way, it was 136 touches last season. I was off by 10. So what? Well, then he should get less money. <laughs> Much less. <laughs> I wouldn't tell him that. No. He, he might disagree. I'll, I'll go down to that South Beach club and tell him. You get smacked around. <laughs> So here's the thing, but here's what I've discovered. Yeah, I, I rant and rave on, on the into these microphones all the time. I know this shocks you about how I don't like the NFL draft. That's not true. I will watch every pick, every minute of it on of Thursday. Course. Friday, probably most of it. By Saturday, I'm out. It's this draft process, and what it's really become is these mock drafts and all these dunderheads, yeah. especially this one, when there's <clears throat> kind of nothing clear anywhere in the first round. I see mock drafts where Pickett, Willis, and Ritter are going in the top 15. I see some where Willis is the only quarterback drafted, and he's that's at 30 to Detroit, and everything in between in these ridiculous trade scenarios. I, I saw one today. The Steelers traded traded out of 20, up, up to yeah. get, Riddler, get Ritter. Ryder. Why am I saying Ritter? Ritter Ryder. What? Why would he? Right. Right? So they trade up to get him. They give up this ridiculous package, three picks this year, two next year or something, to take him. I mean, under what theory is that? Meanwhile, in the same mock draft, then Kenny Pickett falls to 30 to Detroit. Look, I don't know that any of these guys, as much as I'm a Kenny Pickett fan, is a pick guy. I don't know if he's the answer, but he's certainly not 20 picks behind him and the whole no. thing and and this is and then you'll you'll listen to these podcasts and these shows and listen to these dunderheads argue and it's just, I I can't stand it. I got to well, talk about Kenny Pickett's hand size and it, it, uh, the the whole thing is just it's awful and that's the thing I heard one argument on one of these shows that he's going to be 24 coming out of the draft he is an old rookie and if it took him this long to blossom into this type of a prospect. How can they expect much more progression in the pros? Right. It doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. No, and his career may be two years shorter. I don't know. What, what does so that what? mean? But he's yeah. more mature. Yeah, he's ready to come in. Now, I think where it may work against him, right, is I'm guessing. I, I could be wrong. At this point, what he is is what he is. You know, you can maybe fine-tune footwork stuff, right. whatever, wherever his – I don't even know where his weaknesses are. I don't study it to that level. But he's probably a more finished product. Is that finished product good enough to start in the National Football League? There's people who make millions of dollars who get to make that decision. I don't know. Whereas you bring in some – Right, sophomore with great athleticism and raw talent, maybe that's more value. I, I can get that argument, but to just say, well, he's 24, and if if he didn't come out after his junior year, clearly right. that means he's no good. And I mean, one, of the, one of the more interesting comments that I heard was, was Connor Rogers, you know, from Bleacher Report, was talking the same thing, that he is more of a finished product, and he, he compares him akin to a Derek Carr. 
Well, that's certainly good enough. That'd be good enough. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's probably not a top ten pick unless you're really desperate. But if you're the Steelers, you're the Saints, somebody who's got a good team, and right. it, then I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I still think <laughs> that um, Derek Carr has good things coming to him. Oh, so, yeah. so maybe he's not. You know, maybe a Kenny Pickett may be 29, 30 years old before you know he's like this. People accept him as like, okay, this is a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And, and and he may not be. I mean, none of these, how many of these can't no. miss guys, nothing. You yeah, know? over and over you and know, over. And and you know, and then we got Tom Brady, right? I mean, you, you yeah. don't know. I mean, that's more rare. But the, these first round quarterback busts. I mean, you remember Mason Rudolph? I think he went in the what was it the second or They're third too many round? To count. But he had a first round grade. And these yeah. guys, it's the level that you have to be at, you know. They're not all going to be Russell Wilson. You're going to nope. get them in the third round. It, it just doesn't happen. So. You got it. So I'm going to watch it. I can't do it. If nothing else, my favorite thing, and I'm so glad they're doing this thing live again, I love nothing more than they'll show the fan base as the pick's coming up. You know, Jets are on the clock. Texans are on the clock. Doesn't matter who. And they'll zoom in on the handful of people at near the stage that are fans of that team. And they announce a name. And the blank stares come. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> and then four seconds later, woo! Or boo! They're yeah. losing their mind when you know they have no clue who this person is. And yeah. this draft, more than any, is going to be like that. Because the average fan, all the draft Knicks are going to get mad. All the dynasty nerds are going to get mad when I say this. But this is the reality. The vast, vast majority of NFL fans and even college football fans they know the, kind of the first four or five guys because ESPN and NFL Network have been beating it up. They know the quarterbacks. They know the running backs who aren't going to go in the first round. Two or three of the top wide, wide receivers. receivers. And that's it. Right. When they start drafting offensive linemen and four or five or six of them are going to go in the first round, nobody's ever heard of them. When they start drafting defensive ends, if it's not somebody to the level of Aiden Hutchinson or you go back to Jadavion Clowney, there's four or five people coming out of college that the average football fan who even watches – games nonstop right. has ever heard of it, it's it, but then the instant and now I, I love that part because it'll huh. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they have to either that or they look at a program trying to figure out who this guy is yeah, you know, so, yeah. so I do like that so that's good let's sell us some coffee I think that's a we? wonderful idea I need, I need to come up for air here so uh yeah you have been bloviating yeah. endlessly do you, you guys what are we going to talk about next I don't know I haven't had a chance to even say anything so uh. you t- you make well, that's what I'm asking. Do you have something to say? Well, I'm going to a little bit of NFL news, and I have a little comment uh, about baseball. Oh, well, I know a big seam head that you are. This would be excellent. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to bring us back in right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and snipped through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED10 
15 and take 15% off your order. DeadSledCoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. That's right. Tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. Welcome back to Chaos and Disorder. We were just hitting on the draft there, Rick, and the player that's really not in play for any kind of pre-draft trade deals or anything like that, Melvin Gordon signed back with the Broncos. Surprised. Yeah. um, Good move, bad move. I mean, obviously, to me, it's a good move for Denver because they got two really good running backs instead of one. So, um, But I, I think it's probably a smart move. They... You, you see what Cleveland's doing with that one-two punch with, with Chubb and Hunt. Um, you know, and, and that's just tending to work. You don't have these workhorse backs anymore. It's just not the type of game. They need more versatile runners. And Melvin Gordon is, is – I think he's underrated player, quite frankly. I mean, well, always was. Much maligned. Always, always, yeah. Until yeah. that one year where he finally broke out and scored 900 touchdowns. He was just mocked mercilessly before yeah. that. And, and let's let's do some revisionist history again. That's because, my best type of history. Because you and I both, you remember that year uh, with the Chargers. He had zero rushing touchdowns. And all the fantasy gurus, he just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. And you and I beat the drum all year long. That guy runs hard. Right. He has good feet. He has nowhere to go on that Charger team at that time. And the next year, I think was the next year, he had like, I don't know, like you said, 15,000 like touchdowns. It, yeah, he yeah. Had scored four a week, a week <laughs> for a season. Look, th- this is good news for everybody but fantasy football players, right? Right. You know, us, us among them. It's, you know, I, I think, you know, First and number one, clearly he must like Denver. You know, obviously they gave him the money he was looking for. He doesn't have to take the beating of a 25, 30, 35 touch a game type of guy. And I think there's a lot of teams, a lot of players with Russell Wilson coming in. I think there's a belief in Denver that, you know, Kansas City's offense seems depleted. And, and Denver's rising up. The Denver is a contender for the Super Bowl. So you put all those together, everybody wins except fantasy football owners. we got to have the, the Williams-Gordon argument all year. And, right. and I think they're both, they're both going to produce in, in that realm. I'm not going down the fantasy route right now. But you know, it, it makes a lot of sense for everybody. It makes great sense for Denver. I mean, that, that's the reality of the situation. He's kind of the finisher. You know, you got, you got Williams right. going at it, and Gordon's a great finisher, you know, despite his previous – struggles early in his career yeah. brilliant. And he has move. good hands too oh yeah. yeah oh yeah he he can he can catch too yeah so i think i think it's a good move for denver and it's probably good for melvin gordon too. Oh, absolutely. So, I, mean, I mean he's i mean he's probably what 27 but still i mean in running back years and nfl years you know there's probably his last contract so 29 all 29 he's, so he's, he's 29 wow yeah so That's, he's coming up he, he this would be his not last, an every down back he couldn't be no this would be his last rodeo but yeah. it, that's a good situation for him so but uh now on the way to the studio i was listening to the radio and i listened to sports talk like i normally do well of course it cuts off to bring in pirate baseball ah yes so I mean, that's fine so I'm driving along and the, the pregame show talking about everything heading up, you know, before the first pitch. 
And they don't have, and I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was Peters, I think was the guy's name. Was not the starting pitcher for Pittsburgh. Okay. He was the opener. Oh, are they doing the bullpenning thing? Uh, you, I'm sure you're a big fan of this. <laughs> <laughs> they have bastardized this game. You can blame Tampa Bay for this. They tried it. It worked twice. And the Dodgers <laughs> tried it. Yeah. Yeah, with some success, I think, last year. But, yeah, it's the opener. <laughs> now, does this count as a game started? I mean, if you're if you're doing stats, I think it would be a start. But yeah. does a start have to have a minimum innings before it counts as a start? Didn't I .e. don't know to four start or five or. But I've seen plenty of starters get knocked out before like the fifth inning. So yeah, now I know to get the win. At least it used to be. I wonder if it's changed. You have to be ahead, didn't you? You well, thank you for that. Well, you have brilliant. to be ahead and never lose the lead. Right while but, you. Before you were taken out. Y- yes, but I thought you used to have to go five innings as well. Hmm. Or or start the fifth inning or something. I, I forget what the old rule was to get a win. That might be okay, different well, now because nobody a, goes five full anymore. Well, well, no. Here's a question for you, though. If you quit it, <laughs> how would who would get the win? Say it was a 2 nothing shutout. You got two runs in the first inning, but the guy – I don't know. Say he injured his elbow and he took him out in the third. Now, who gets the win? I mean, he'd still get it, though, right? I think, and, and I might sound like a complete dolt here, but I think at least under the previous, or it may still be, it would be whoever had was pitching and left the fifth inning with the lead is what I thought it used Look to be. Look that up, Alejandro, because I know he's wrong. First, a starting pitcher must pitch at least five innings in a traditional game of nine innings or longer to qualify for the win. If he does not, the official score awards the win to the most effective relief pitcher. Okay, here you go. If it's 2 nothing, and at, at the end of two, say, the starting pitcher leaves in the fourth inning. Okay. And the relief pitchers, none of them give up any runs or hits. Yep. Who's the most effective? That would be the guy that started. Also, he can award it back to the starter even if he didn't go five. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we go. were both right. Okay. Yeah, but I was more right. No. And I, I sounded better doing it. Sounds about right. Yeah. I was much more yeah, logical. The, the, the official score has awarded I was much more logical no. than the damn baseball. Rules. The official <laughs> score has awarded me the win. Yeah, there's a big W on the page. Yeah. You can't argue with it. That was me shrugging in case you didn't hear it. <laughs> in case you didn't hear the shrug. I so, like that one. So you're not a fan of bullpenning? No, I think it's stupid. You like know what? The, like the whole damn game is. Well, now. yeah, and, and I do want to hate it, and, and in theory I do. That being said, if you're not doing this every game, right, I think Tampa for a while or with basically if you don't have a good fifth starter, this almost makes sense, you know, for – once a week or something. That's where I don't hate it. If, if it's, you know, we still have effective starting pitching, not we being the Pirates. I mean, in Major League Baseball, the Pirates are would be the laughing you know stock of AAA. Do you know that the Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitching, they, they're 8-9 and nine right now, the, the Pirates. The starting pitching has no wins. <laughs> None. <laughs> 
That's got to be a record. Something about that team, as pathetic as they are year over year, they somehow always have a good bullpen until August when they trade all the good bullpen arms away for for single-A bullpen arms that eventually become good bullpen arms. I don't know what it is with them, but they do love to give up four runs in the first inning of every game. I do know that. They have, out of the eight wins, seven of them are comeback wins. So, yes, they fall behind early, and somehow they've been surviving. But you know what always happens with Pittsburgh. They get into June. They're hovering within a few games of 500. Yeah, they kind of do that. And then yeah. they say, what about this team? Should they make a move to get that the one or two players to, to get into the playoffs? And, and what do they do? Then the All-Star break comes. They lose 20 in a row. And then they're out by 30 games by the end of August. And – that's a typical pirate season every single year. You know who the most successful pirate pitcher is in, say, the past decade? The past past decade? I couldn't tell you. Veer Mahan, who's currently in the WWE, has a undefeated streak. He was one of the guys from India, the million-dollar million arm guys. Okay. Oh, boy. He's in the... He's in... <laughs> He's in the WWE now? Yeah. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Really? Yep, Veer Mahan. Okay. It was a joke. It was solely a joke. Oh. Jesus. Let's see. (sighs) Oh, God. I wish you would just come up with something that made sense. Once you know what else I do contribute like? Contribute to the conversation. I, what I do like about this Pirates team is they lead the league. Now, I, don't, I haven't seen this officially. You might have to go, to go to MLB.com and confirm this. But I'm fairly certain they lead the league in fat guys in the starting lineup. Have you noticed this? Have you, have you put your weary eyes on any of these games? Yeah, very seldom, but they yeah they all look like the guy who's hitting leadoff of all places and, looks like he goes about four twenty five. And and it's funny that the the you're correct by three hundred pounds. Sweet, nice. <laughs> and and it's, good research. It's funny, but all these baseball geeks on Twitter and everything, especially the 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 younger people, you know, well. You know, Babe Ruth, you can tell by the shape he was in, he couldn't play baseball today. He was 200 pounds lighter than some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, but Daniel Vogelbach, lead hitting cleanup, he's big fatty. Sutsugo's his last name. I can't even say his first name. He's a big fatty. Their catcher, well, catchers probably should be. If you're going to have a fatty, it should be a catcher. But the, the, the whole starting lineup's chubby. Yeah. Maybe that's why they can't afford to pay anybody. They what they got to pay to feed the lineup. Well, that, they have, all they the eats chicken it. salad. <laughs> it's fattening. I still never understand that. Perfectly good meat and just grind it up and smother it in mayonnaise. It ain't right. I like Miracle Whip. I feel like that's a great segue to a special segment this week. Oh, we have a special segment. Well, he's producing his ass off over it. Ooh, listen to this. Headline news, apparently. I think that's a little hot, isn't it? <laughs> that's just the way we like it. <laughs> Friday, April 22nd, Michigan Panthers 6, New Jersey Generals 10. It's our USFL update. Patterson went 14 for 29 for a 48.3% completion percentage. However, Victor for the Generals came in with 11 rushes for 40 yards and a touchdown. 
Saturday the 23rd, Pittsburgh Maulers 23, Philly Stars 30, Jalen McClain's. Oh, he's no selling you. I hate when he does this. He took his headphones off. Had a one-handed interception, but the Philly Stars three TDs in one quarter, just too much. The Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham Stallions 33, Houston Gamblers 28. Record for the season, 65-yard touchdown pass. Yeah. Houston's Vogel, three for three on field goals, but did miss an extra point. Uh, uh. Sunday, the 24th, New Orleans Breakers. 34, Tampa Bay Bandits, three. Uh. In every game, live from Birmingham, Alabama! <laughs> Which goes right into the next part. Week three, here are your parlays. Oh. Tampa Bay, take them. They're one and one. But giving, one and one. Giving one and a half points. Take it for minus 110 plus the under at 38.5. Birmingham, at Birmingham, at Birmingham, home game. New Orleans, plus 155 to beat New Orleans. Take the over as well at 44.8. Couple high scoring offenses. Pittsburgh and Michigan, the battle of the under. (laughs) It's the battle of the defeated. Both teams 0-2. But Pittsburgh gets off the schneid. Take exact. the under. Take it to the bank, baby. Plus 120 take Pittsburgh Maulers and the over. That's oh, right. The I over. Oh, the under, over. baby. 38.5. And last but not least, New Jersey at Philadelphia. Philadelphia giving 1.5 and take the over at 40.5. And you were only wrong in that one comment. That was it. <laughs> That's the only one it, you listened to. Last and it was least. That's your week three USFL parlays. Put it in. <laughs> I like your radio update guy voice. That was really good. You should talk like that all the time. What are you talking about? I think about? we do need to put the uh, headline down a little bit. It, it, it was hot. I don't yeah. know if it was just our headphones or, or what was coming through on the recording, but we'll, well find out soon enough. Well, callers, there give us is. a holler and let us know if we were hot to trot. I like that. I, I like this. He's he might a, he might be the talent now. He's a Maybe game I'll show host. Yeah, is what he is. yeah, I like it. That, that was pretty good. So what we do? We sell some sandwiches. I, I, I got a sto- USL FL week three. There's always next week. Week four, folks. He couldn't handle the pressure. He couldn't handle the praise. Just he wasn't there. So what we doing? We sell some Sammies here. You got it. All right, let's do that. I, I got a news story that seems minor, but yeah, I, I am. I do. I do, too. All right, that, that makes me much, much angrier than it should be. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. We're going to have to let that play as apparently Finkelstein was over here messing around. and. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I was trying to upload the fulcrum status. There we go. So here we go. We're going to sell some sandwiches, and we'll have news headlines from both me and Briggs right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. 
You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com. Or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flieger and Briggs sent you. I think Flieger needs to send himself to the chop shop. It's been a couple weeks since I've been down there. i got to get back on that. I actually did not go to the chop shop over this past weekend when the weather was so nice. That line was down the street. Oh, to get in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll do it. You know why? Here's what it is. They are, at least in our area, the last restaurant that you can enter into, sit down, and they will serve you food at some point and in the correct order. <laughs> Have you been out to eat lately? You know, everything, all the COVID, and we're all shorthanded. You know, at some point, somebody has to be working, because I don't see people on the street starving to death, right? So people have to be working. I've gone to restaurants, what I consider good restaurants, as good as you can get in Butler, Pennsylvania, after the chop shop, because it's like the chop shop here, and then everybody, there's this layer down here. Well, you will go and sit there. If you can get a table, then you will get to the table. Somebody might show up in 45 minutes to get you a beer. And then maybe if you get really lucky, at some point before closing time, they'll offer you some food. And it is everywhere I have been, and it's damnably frustrating. And usually the wrong food. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, I, I went to one and place. And that's very irritating unless you ordered spaghetti and they bring you a T-bone steak. That's okay. <laughs> right, no, this right. is just what I got. Thank you. Yeah, it just yes. depends on what they bill you for. Here's huh? your yeah. chicken salad. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Thank you. I went to one place that I consider a nice restaurant. I go there just for this. They sell a black diamond steak and shrimp. Easy enough. Took them about an hour. After giving me one beer, it took me an hour before I saw this woman again. I mean, I don't know where she. I don't. Know, she ran home. She's chasing the cow. Yeah, she went home for a while. <laughs> went on lunch, and she was the only one. And they bring out at one point. They bring out my steak, just a steak. Fifteen twenty minutes later, the fries come out. <laughs> Fifteen minutes after that, ma'am, That's... my shrimp. Oh. Sorry, we forgot about that. So 20 minutes later after they cooked it, I got my shrimp. Well, Rick, that's fine dining. They bring one course at a time. (laughs) You didn't know you were getting a five-course meal. (laughs) I mean... That see that just shows you un, how uncouth you are. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm just a Neanderthal, a knuckle knuckle dragger, perhaps. Well, I want to tell you about somebody that's very progressive. Oh, progressive. Okay, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> well, three years into his, and you can see I'm using the air. Quotes I can here, see it. Yes, I can confirm his marriage. Oh, was a popular virtual character. A Japanese man has opened up about the benefits of having a virtual wife. Oh, a virtual, okay. Tokyo resident Akahiku Kondo ah, nailed it. made global headlines in November of 2018. I don't know where we were. I never yeah. heard about this. When he tied the knot at the age of 35. Well, it was a good time. With Hatsune Maiku a virtual pop star developed by Krypton Future Media based on a singing synthesizer software Vocaloid. Maiku, who takes on the appearance of a 16-year-old girl, oh, no. has appeared in <laughs> video games, virtual concerts, and even a tour. 
with Lady Gaga. Oh, so so she's famous. I mean, oh, she's, gosh, she's yeah. underage, but... <laughs> well, maybe not in Japan. We don't know yeah. that. I'm not sure what's going on over there. I am not looking that up. No. <laughs> you do not, not want that in your search history, no. <laughs> but... But this guy is, um... This guy? <laughs> Kondo discovered my coup in 2008. Now, see, oh, this, no. Now, see, oh, this no. is very... <laughs> this is getting into some dangerous where it might not even be funny anymore territory. Well, it's virtual, so she doesn't age. So, oh, I mean, so it's like the Simpsons. Like, they're the same age forever. <laughs> exactly. Okay, it didn't okay, start good. out as a little virtual girl. All right, well, good. a virtual character. It's, okay. Okay. I mean, it doesn't make it right, but it's better. I but guess. it was a 10-year courtship, Maybe if you think about it. Worse? Perhaps. Hmm. I don't know. But anyway, at the, at the time, he was told to take a leave from work after being diagnosed <laughs> That's with— That's right. This guy worked. <laughs> after be, Not for long, though. <laughs> being diagnosed with adjustment disorder. His co-workers reportedly bullied him, and two of his colleagues called him gross and avoided him. I stayed in my room for 24 hours a day and watched videos of my coup the whole time he shared. Wait, that so that's his argument for not being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? According to Kondo, Maiko's songs helped him fall asleep, and her music eventually motivated him to go out again and return to work. Now, now, how does it put him to sleep? And yet motivate you to go get a job. Yeah, that's a that's a good wife right there. I tell you, yeah, you got to get a. I'll tell you what. By this by this logic, there's only two things in the world. Well, you don't need any tr- have any trouble going to sleep. But by this logic, for something, if you marry something that one helps you go to sleep and gets you to leave the house, you would have to marry beer, right? Because it, right. it pa- makes you pass out, and the only reason you leave the house is to obtain more beer, right? So you could marry Yingling. Yeah, a decade later. Kondo spent around 2 million yen, approximately $15,656 for a wedding ceremony (laughs) in Tokyo because he wanted to solidify his love for the virtual celebrity. So so do people go go to the wedding? I don't know. They show this knucklehead sitting on a chair with a doll beside him. (laughs) I don't oh, know. No. So is this like a real doll situation? <laughs> I don't know. It's almost just like a caricature. It's not really even a doll doll, you know. He's like, and like uh, how did it could be a paper cutout for all I know. It's a uh, weird picture. I mean, this story would be weird just in the fact that there is a virtual famous pop star, let alone somebody marrying it. See, now my mind's going to all kind of gross things I don't want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about, but I've been told I'm I not know. supposed to we in mixed company. Know. Nobody wants to talk about that. And, and especially when you throw out the she's in the likeness of a 16-year-old girl, that muddies the waters. I think we're just going to have to leave this but one the picture, hang out it's, there. it's a cartoon. It's, it's not even – it's <laughs> it's ludicrous. I mean – Anime. It, but the thing is, really got me is he was bullied. They probably called him a moron. Yeah, because he's in there fapping to anime at work all day. I'd bully you, too. But see, I went there. I, I can't help myself. Bully. So I, apparently I bullied. <laughs> and let's be honest. If bullying justified marrying a cartoon character, by this point, Finkelstein would be married to Pebbles Flintstone, for Christ's sakes. I mean, this doesn't even make sense. Pebbles? Really? Don't you remember when she got older? They they did oh, ones older yeah, and she yeah, got yeah. she did get hot yep. in the old. Notice he had to clarify that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean it's very important to me to, yeah. to clarify. He couldn't have just come up with 
like Daphne from you know Scooby Doo or something. You know, Velma. Yeah, Velma. <laughs> That's which one was type. the hot one? Daphne. Daphne, Daphne was the Velma blonde. Was more his type. Yeah, yeah. The sweater, the glasses, <laughs> school marmish. Yeah. <laughs> The big thick shoes with a you know, the nun shoes. Hey, you know. n- nothing turns Finkelstein on more than a sensible shoe. <laughs> that's that's orthotics. Hey, everybody right. knows that about that him. Is yeah, hundred percent accurate. Orthotics is his passion. All right. So so <laughs> too quickly. Hey, it's, if you're listening live for the first time, we didn't God call it chaos you. and disorder because those are our names. All right, so don't mind the size of the paper this story's on. I hit the wrong button when I printed this out, so this isn't that big of a story. All right. I thought maybe it was just big print. But I am unnecessarily, I believe, or irrationally angry at this story. But I had a visceral visceral reaction to this one, Rick. I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to editorialize. I'm just going to read. Here's a headline. Massachusetts family. Massachusetts tells you about everything you need to know here, I think. That's a great song, though. There's a song called Massachusetts? Yes. Should I know it? You know. Oh, okay. Finkelstein, good. I'm sure, knows it, right? I I actually don't think I know it. Really? Really. Who sings it? Bee Gees from, like, the 60s. Um, I'm not a disco guy. See, that shows you how ignorant you are. Six- Way before di- yeah. disco. Yeah. 60s. They will always be disco. Massachusetts family wins $5 million verdict from Country Club after property hit by over 600 golf balls. Okay. I think you can see where this is going. This is, this is not the story I thought you were going to bring Oh, up. do you have a better one? No, no, no. Go oh, ahead. All right. No, this is a good story. Here. A Massachusetts couple, one of now they just, see, that's pathetic. They just redid the headline in the first sentence of the story. A Plymouth County Superior Court jury awarded Eric and Athena Tenzar $4.93 million in December, finding that the Indian Pond Country Club was at fault for not protecting the couple's home from a constant barrage of bad golfing court records showed. The Tenzars originally sued both Indian Pond and Spectrum Building, Inc., which built their new home in Kingston, about 40 miles south of downtown Boston. Again, I think we're getting the point here. They settled with the builders, leaving Indian Pond Country Club as the sole defendant. The continuous threat of golf ball strikes occurring at any time prevents the Tenzars from the use and enjoyment of their property, which was purchased for, now this is a little less than what you're used to, Rick, but purchased for $750,000 on April 27, 2017. The Tenzars' attorney said he understands skepticism about his client's dismay over errant golf balls, knowing they were buying property that abuts the 15th hole. Wait, there's more. (laughs) But the inconvenience of an occasional backyard golf ball pales in comparison to the 651 dimpled spheres, that's good writing there, that have struck their property. There have been multiple broken windows, according to the lawsuit, and one particularly jarring shot on July 18th of 2018 that struck a window in the home, shattering the glass and terrifying the plaintiff's young daughter and resulting in the Tenzars contacting the Kingston Police Department to file a report. You build a house on a goddamn golf course, somebody hit it with a ball, and you called the police. But I digress. What's your language? You're getting oh, awful upset. Yeah, that, that wasn't in the story, and I said I wasn't going to editorialize. <laughs> Did Kyle Porter write this? No, no it, it could be. This, this is Kyle Porter-style writing. They thought they were buying golf car course view property, and what they ended up with was buying 
What? That sense of wow. Kyle Porter just fell apart here. This is – I'm going to try to yeah, clean say, this we're, up. We're still this intrigued, is, though, Rick. Continue. They thought they were back. buying golf course view property, and what they ended up buying was a golf course in-play property. We're going to get there, uh, Wasn't that just a really nice oh. setup? It was apparent to anyone that this house was going to be struck at – it was not apparent to anyone that this house is going to be struck as repeatedly as this one was, or they would never would have bought the property. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skip that because of the important parts at the end here. One well, I would like to know, well, before you get to the end, you know, being a homeowner, you're looking at this thing, and this is the 15th hole. Right. Okay. How far away from the T am I? You're reading ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> now listen. Now they're upset. They keep their. Sorry, I interrupted. I just keep reading into the future when you tell these stories. Yeah. Sorry. Now, they they can't understand, or they're upset that their te- their house continuously gets hit. Right. You know, they could understand some golf balls in the backyard. Sure, That's sure. golf course. Very living. very logical people. But but they can't seem to understand. And here, and I can understand their confusion. The couple ho- couple's home is at the bend of a severe leftward curve on the course. Golfers seeking to cut the dog leg would regularly try to blow it over their house but end up hitting the home instead. You live in the middle of a goddamn dog leg and you you get $5 million because your million-dollar house is getting hit by a golf ball. These these people should be arrested. They should be tried and they should be burned at the stake. These stupid yuppies who i got to live here with all the other rich people, but now the whole world's got to cater to me. And they won, Rick. They won. Only in Massachusetts. They won. What is this? I and told they, you, I, won, I'm irrationally angry about this. And they won four million dollars for a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars house. Right, yeah. five million, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how many windows did they get broken that that jumped up but six times? That's insanity. If you can afford a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars house, put up a fence. Yeah, you built your house on a in the middle of a dog leg, right. you jackass. <laughs> So, so the plan was the golf course. Now they're going to move the tee back to discourage people from trying to get there. It's still going to, you know, they still hook the ball. Yeah. And, and I'm still, I'm, I'm quite offended over your language oh. during this story. Did, did I say, did I say dirty words? Meant too many times. Uh. And we need to stay away from that because this is the kind of things that takes rational thought, Rick. Oh, so you have a rational thought? <laughs> yes. And it is? They should be kicked out of their house. Okay. Never allowed near the golf course mm-hmm. again. And then dipped in hot oil. Not the kid, though. Well, no, no. There's no. three kids, so they they've had oh. more that are now also terrified of golf balls. Oh, apparently, the dimpled spheres. Dimpled spheres. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. I wonder what that's called. Dimple spheritis, or I don't know. But I can tell you, very near to the studio here, there's a golf course called Lake Arthur Country Club. I don't know why they call it Country Club. There's no, there's no country club there. It's a golf course, but it's a nice course. Played right. many times. Now, it's not like Crendale. There's only two nines. There's not, not, there's not three nines. I a wonderful story about that Lake Arthur, but I oh, can't tell it. Oh, you certainly can, and, and, and we're going to get to that <laughs> no, here. No, we but won't. Very, you'll, you'll tell it off the air? Sure. All right. So we're, we'll see you next week. Good luck. <laughs> Let me just hit this end episode button and click. Okay, we're off air. So well, anyhow, We only have two minutes left, so it, hurry. It was on, yeah, we got time. I, I ran it long. It was on the front nine. <laughs> This ain't my first rodeo, pal. I don't trust anything to him, all right? He's, he's always got somebody looking over his shoulder. You're a thinking man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well. 
So you'll remember if you played Lake Arthur and apparently did something very crude there that you won't Never talk about it, it on crude. the air. I just said it was a great story. So you'll recall on the front nine, is it going up eight? There's the, dog leg, there's the dog leg right, and there's that blue house that sits right in the middle of it. I always assumed it was the owner's. I didn't know whose house it was. So as a teenager, we used to golf there a lot. And, well, I'm still a terrible golfer, but we were especially terrible back then. So the, the rule we had, the standing rule we had, was if you hit the house on the fly with your drive, you got you could obviously you got a free drop and you were starting over again at zero. So that tells you if you build your house on a dog leg, people are doing this type of thing. Right. So it was probably, I don't know, two twenty five out. It wasn't hard to hit, you know, so you would it was a perfect slice for me. So I hammered that bastard every time and I birdied that hole more than any hole I've ever birdied in my life. I bet. So I guess I could have been sued for five million dollars. So that was a bonus and not a penalty. Dumb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to hit it. No, we never did hit a window. I don't know how. Blind luck. Probably. Yeah, did dumb luck. Should have been two strokes off for the. If it busted out a window, yeah. made the kids cry. Just That's hole three, in one. Three it's a hole yeah. in one. <laughs> no doubt. It just goes down as an ace. Yeah. All right. So you're not going to tell your Lake Arthur story. No. So we should get out of here. I think we're done. All right, do I have to talk you through how this is all going to go then? So you're going to play the music, you're, we're going to babble, and then you're going to say something, and I'm going to say bye, whores, and then you're going to have two buttons you're going to have to push tonight. All right, you got to end Two. You're going to have to uh, end the episode in blog talk. You're doubling my work. Do I get And you're going to have to stop the backup record. Yes, you, absolutely. You get two times your precise okay. salary that <laughs> you're making right <laughs> yeah. now. Perfect. Double it. Perfect. Double it. So you're really not going to bring up the, the, the couch incident? The couch incident. Over in England? I hate when he does that. The lady that got stuck in the couch? Oh. Okay, music it is. <laughs> Rather inauspicious yeah, I, I, ending yeah, to the show. Yeah, that music. Boy, just a beautiful fade out. Thank you. I guess that's it, Rick. <laughs> I actually don't know why it's not playing it. There we go. Wait, what are we doing here? This this, this is uh, that dude's wife. Oh, Richard. it's the missus. All right, so. <laughs> oh, no. Hold on. We're, we're going to have to. or whatever. Yeah, we're just going to have to wait. I'm going to have to get put eyes on her. Okay, and then that dude wonders why he was bullied, <laughs> right? There's just so much I can say that you're not allowed to say anymore. <laughs> so thanks so much for listening. At Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder Pod on fi- Facebook, AsylumFantasySports.com. Until next time, maybe if we don't get canceled, we'll see you. Take care. I kind of dig it. Song's just weird. This is a club banger. <laughs> I want to do some candy flipping and party all night. Get the glow sticks out. Mm-hmm. I can see why he fell in love. I mean, other than the fact that she's inanimate, she's got it going on. And potentially 16. Well, yeah. Oh, there it is.
Hasta luego. Bye, whores. You lied, it's three buttons. Uh-oh. Maybe four. Oh, God. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. There's Gertie. Goodbye. Gertie saying goodbye. <laughs>